You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk with leaders from all over the world of all stages and all ages about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today, I am tremendously excited to welcome our guest, Anthony Treas. Anthony has served eight years in the U.S. military and is an Iraqi war veteran. So, Anthony, thank you so much for your service, brother. Appreciate that. After his deployment to Iraq, Anthony struggled with PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Inspired by his mental health struggles, he launched the Strong Men podcast to provide men with empowering messages to thrive in their health, wealth, and personal performance. His company, Strong Men Coaching, provides group and personal coaching, business consulting, and marketing services. Anthony, thank you so much for being our guest today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I always like to tell our listeners because they're like, Tracy, where do you meet all these tremendous people? And I'm like, they're everywhere. But Anthony and I just connected on LinkedIn, what, like a couple of weeks ago? Yes. Yeah. So for all you people out there that don't touch your LinkedIn profile, there's all <laughs> kinds of people out there. And no, I'm not getting a cut off of this, but I mean, there's all kinds of tremendous people out there. And I was just on an earlier call today, Anthony. Sometimes in our industry, we get very insulated and we already know, like, I know all the motivational speakers, I know all the writers, but there's so many other people out there. So it's just a real blessing meeting you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Great to meet you. You're welcome, Anthony. Well, Anthony, you got to see a little bit of my dad's stuff and he was a renowned leadership expert. He flunked out of school in the eighth grade, had a really tough upbringing, grew a business in life insurance, and he really was quite passionate about leadership. Mm -hmm. But he also was very pragmatic and he taught people, hey, there's going to be a price you're going to have to pay to be a leader. And in his Price of Leadership speech, if you go down to the show notes, there's a free download of this. He talked about four key elements that a leader is going to have to pay if they're going to be a true leader and not just a lino, a leader in name only. So Anthony, the first one he talked about is loneliness. And I know we've all heard that, hey, it's lonely at the top. But could you unpack, especially for what you've been through, what loneliness looked like for you as a leader and maybe a message for some of our listeners out there that might be in that season? Yeah, being a leader is absolutely can be lonely at times for sure. You're really the one who is making the decisions. You're the one who's looking at, you know, what's going on and what needs to happen and what needs to take place and and what needs to change. You know, Mm. I think a leader is one who, you know, uh, brings in the feel of a company, really the vision of the company. And oftentimes it's you making that decision. Of course, there's some businesses, some companies have advisors and, and these sorts of things. But at the end of the day, a leader is someone who makes decisions and those decisions have to be made. And oftentimes they might not be the most popular decisions. They can often be difficult decisions, but a decision has to be made. And you usually will take all the information that you can and make a proper assessment and make a decision and and make it happen. But oftentimes it can be lonely for people who are leaders in business. Oftentimes I work with a lot of coaches and people who are transitioning from one career to another uh, to become coaches. And oftentimes when they start a coaching business, no matter what background they might have, you know, there is that transition to where now, you know, you're basically can be just your solopreneur, right? Like it's just you and you have to make all the decisions when it comes to what problem do you solve, you know, marketing, 
online marketing, email marketing, social media marketing, all these different things that, you know, oftentimes people become coaches because they want to coach. They want to help people. They don't want to become the marketing expert, right? They don't want to have to be on social media. They don't want to have to do any of these things. They just want to coach because they have that skill and ability. But at the same time, being a leader may require developing other skills and accepting I love it. where you might fall short on those skills. And that's okay. Oftentimes people come from very, you know, high end positions. And I recall, I remember when I came back from my deployment in Iraq, I provided personal security for generals in Iraq. And that was a pretty, you know, intense job. It's just like the secret service for president. We did that for what we call DVs, distinguished visitors. Anybody who's really anybody at the time who were making the decisions, right? Being the leader, the decision for the Iraq war in that time. So generals, vice president, Joe Biden at the time was now president, did personal security for him, other generals. And so these are people making those decisions. But yet, so what happens is coming back from a deployment like that, where it was very, we got a lot of recognition for that. And so oftentimes we, you know, people come back from that sort of experience. It's just like, well, that was the, the highlight of my military career. I mean, there's really not much, you know, I mean, there are, of course, other positions and other things that, that can take place within the military that perhaps would be above that. But coming back to the civilian world after a deployment like that, it's like, what am I, what can even come close to that? And that's one of the biggest struggles that often veterans do have is mm. come from, you know, when we have rank and responsibility and leadership and we come back into the civilian world oh. and like, unfortunately, oftentimes you kind of have to start at the bottom in some ways. And it's very difficult for people to, who have been in situations where you were a leader. I mean, I had three other soldiers who were under me. I was, you know, a team a leader and protecting generals and hearing conversations that, you know, are only going to be listened to in those sort of situations. And so oftentimes uh, for many veterans coming back from having that purpose and that mission and coming into the civilian world, it's very, very difficult. But becoming a leader, it's taking that leadership role and finding that. I think being a leader too is defining that purpose, that mission in your life. And it comes from you. It can't come from somebody else. And so being the leader of self, your you know, self-leadership, um, it can be lonely and it can be difficult. But, you know, the luckily for we have this ability to eventually or to decide what's the next step. And oftentimes that can be difficult in trying to figure out like what is next for me in my life, what next can be for the company, for life in, in many different ways, but it can be lonely. But one of the best things that helped me the most when I came back from my deployment from Iraq and even through my struggles of PTSD and anxiety, you know, one of the things that helped me more than anything was to really focus on a goal that I could really be behind full force and I think your father mentions this in his book where, you know, you're, you're as committed to your job as you are to your marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And like you go full in, like there's no exit route, right? You go all in. Correct. And that's the case too, in deciding what it is that you want. And for me, at this point in my life, I hadn't completed my education. And for me, my higher education. And so for me, getting my college degree was very important for me. And so I began to focus on that 
intensely where I ended up, you know, giving up a lot of things in order to complete my education. And, and in fact, I just continued going and I ended up completing a bachelor's, uh, graduating with honors with my bachelor's. This was later on in life. I, I was like 34 years old at the time and, and I continued on for my master's degree, but it was that thing, that mission that I created for myself, that was the next most important mission for me. And I think that's important for any leader is to be having that you know, making that decision of what else can I do in my life? That military service defined me for that moment. But you know, what can I contribute next? What can I become? What can I do next for me? And for many people that could be difficult, but at the same time, it's, it should be a great joy to be like, okay, I did that, served my country. What can I do now? Those are all beautiful insights. And for the listeners out there, for people that are thinking of, you know, if maybe if you're in a bigger structure, I look at that and and I love my time in, but I've loved my four careers after that. And we've all known people that when they left an industry or even the service and guys, you can only stay in 30 years. You can't die there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like retiring from airline pilots or any other or or government. I mean, you age out of the system. So it shouldn't, you want it to be a part of you, but you defined it. It didn't define you. And so it is interesting you brought out, I know for those of you that are, are military transitioning out or people think of hiring military, if you're used to that collective collaborative camaraderie, and that's why we love the military. When you get out on your own, it is different. And you got to tap into your self-driven, like you're not just getting orders and people will push back on your orders. Wow, that doesn't happen in the military. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I love the fact that you brought that up. And then for people come out of the military, what is the next chapter? That was just, and although it was a credibly high calling, so is what you do now. So is what I do now. I mean, yeah. I don't look at any of the careers that I've had, and I've worked in defense and semiconductor industry. They were all beautiful things, yeah. but they were just a thing where I went and just gave them myself in a different context. So I'm really glad you brought that up because it is very different for people coming out. I know for me coming out and being in a little tiny business, where's my big budgets? Where's my XO? Where's my administrator? It's me. And so if you're not used to that and you don't like calling your own shots, entrepreneurship is going to be very difficult, but you can get there. Yeah. Really interesting stuff, Anthony. Thank you. Okay. So we talked about loneliness and I love how you gave us the tool finding the mission, finding that next great thing. Because if you're on this planet breathing, there's always the next great thing. Okay. So the next thing my father talked about after loneliness is weariness. And his point was that, you know, you're going to be surrounded by people that do more, people that do less. We're only human, even though we're in fighting form. How do you combat weariness, Anthony? And how do you stay? Because if the group is only as refreshed and as energized as the leader. So how do you deal with weariness? Yeah, that's a good question because oftentimes as a leader, and your father mentioned this too, is is really getting used to going the extra mile and really knowing that, you know, as a leader, there are going to be people who are going to buy into the mission, buy into the purpose. And some people just may not always be 100% in, but at the same time, you know, really going back to being that leader who can be able to move those that he or she are leading and to really get the buy-in, of course, in that, right, is can be difficult. None of this that we're sharing today is definitely going to be easy. And I know your father mentioned this in this book too, is that, you know, often you got to make those difficult decisions, but at the same time, dealing with that is really, it comes down to our attitude and understanding that a leader, like if leadership was so easy, everybody would be doing it. And oftentimes, and I know that, 
you know, in, in every industry, whether it's the military or business, there's some people who, yeah, you're ready for promotions. Like, no, I don't want that role. I'm good where I'm at. You know, I don't want to get promoted. I'm, and it's because they know, like, you know, not everyone's always going to like you, right? And right. at the same time, it's making that decision and, and making that a way to support and bringing people into that mission. And it can be difficult, but like I mentioned, being a leader is not for everyone, but understanding that being a leader um, grows you as a person, not always going to make the right decisions in a sense, but once again, as your father brings it up, it's like, we are able to make better decisions based off of poor judgment, right? Like we're able to get to the point where we can make a good decision because we, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today had I not grew and learned from situations in the military or as a civilian, like we, the only way we can learn is by failing. And by, you know, and of course, we don't want to think about failure. We don't want to think about making the wrong decision. But uh, and that's why as a leader, you you take in everything that you can that will help you in making the decision. And then you make a decision and you stand by that decision. Mm -hmm. There's no wavering in that. But there's learning from it. We always learn. I learn, you know, I make mistakes to this day and I learn from them. And But it makes me that much better at what I'm trying to do. And the only way to get better is by making decisions. And when that weariness comes in, it's, there's that doubt, there's that insecurity. And oftentimes it does happen to leaders is because, as you mentioned, we can often find ourselves lonely at the top and especially in the military, right? There's really very little leeway in showing any kind of emotion, (laughs) you know? And so when you're kind of indecisive in, in, in trying to make a decision uh, you can't let people know that you know this is something that's difficult and that, and it's you know there's this balance right we, we don't want to take it to the extreme and i'm not suggesting that you take it to the extreme and we're like alone and we, we're you know we're finding a way to deal with that difficulty but in dealing with it it's i think one thing to have is that attitude of like you know what i am a leader and that i can make these decisions and i can I'm not going to be perfect in these decisions, but I'm going to take in the lessons learned along the way. You know, in Strong, my company Strong, it's an acronym, and the N stands for never give up. And that's kind of like an easy phrase. It sounds like, yeah, never give up. But the most important part of that is knowing you're going to fail and to look at failure in a whole different light because we're not where we are today if we did not fail, right? We learned to walk because we fell, we got back up and we went through that natural progression. But we are today, like we're able to make decisions and sound decisions based off of things that we've learned, uh, based off of things that we've experienced and the decisions that we've made in our life that it helps us today. That's why there's something to say about being older, right? When we're in our 20s and 30s, right? You know, it's just like, you can be wise and or you could be intelligent, I could say. You know, you have this education, but there is something about life experience. You just haven't had the time on this earth to be confronted with different situations where you can learn from other people. But when you actually go through it, I could tell you all day long about going through Marine Corps boot camp, but it's nothing like you going through it yourself. Right. right. <laughs> 
I love it. And the two things that you really stuck me is one attitude, it's going to happen. And I think the military was such a great thing because it taught us you get broken down to get built up. They didn't just come in and start pinning medals on you. I mean, you were the bottom of the rank. Shut up. You know, you don't know anything. Listen to the people that have been in longer and stay out of trouble. Okay. I'm so you're like, oh my goodness, but I have rank. You may have rank, but you don't have experience. And that's what I loved about the military. And the other thing is growth is painful. I mean, I have a home gym, thank God. But I mean, I hurt when I go down there because otherwise you're not doing anything. You're just, you know, more of the same. I love it. Okay. So loneliness, weariness. The next thing he talked about was abandonment. And his definition was abandonment was that we need to stop thinking about what we like and want to think about in favor of what we ought and need to think about. So it was almost the implying this, this focus. And you know about the military, the fog and friction, you got to cut through all the crap and dial into the objective. So can you talk to me about how you deal with abandonment? Maybe how you work with some of your clients about, you know, getting that laser focus focus on, you know, abandonment, what it means. Yeah. You know, I love, and I know we briefly talked about this, but you know, a lot of what we're, I love reading books that were written, you know, back in the fifties and sixties and seventies. And it's quite interesting, you know, and I read it in your father's where they were talking about, you know, people's struggles and the things that people are going through at that particular point. It's just like, it's been the same thing. I know. (laughs) That's what I tell people. We haven't evolved to something different in 20 years. People are what people are. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I love that. That's a great point, Anthony. The difference is is today we have so many things bombarding us. And I think as, and it's so difficult. I really think it would be so difficult to be a young person today growing up with this technology and this access of just about everything, right? Right. And so, but even as in the thing for young people is because they're still learning this self-control, right? Anybody younger than 25, their brain isn't fully developed, or at least, you know, their brain is there, but it's that where it finally gets on to prefrontal cortex, where it allows us to understand what we do today and how it affects us in the future. And that doesn't come until after, you know, men and women different, but mid twenties. And so, but even as adults, right, one thing that we have to understand is that every single app you download, every single thing is meant and knows how to get you brain addicted to these things. Every sound you hear, every vibration, it's getting your attention. Everything's fighting for your attention. And just like your father mentioned before, it's, you know, getting, you know, state focus like I couldn't imagine like imagine if we could go step into that time frame then we'd be like what did you have to get rid of like what was so difficult I mean you barely had tv like you barely like you know and it's just like today as adults even for us as grown adults and fully functioning brains is that it's so difficult for us to abandon those things that aren't gonna help us and that becomes the skill of a leader a skill of a parent a skill of somebody in the military i mean it's all facets of life because what's happening right now with so many people is that there's so much information to have information overload and it's so difficult to we have this fear of missing out so we're you know we have all these things that we're following and we then end up getting sucked into these things that aren't helping us in any way at all and so for us it's really about 
you know, I think for self-leadership, it's deciding on what is it that you want to be influencing you? What is it that you do want to be giving your time to? Mm -hmm. And we have to be disciplined in Mm -hmm. order to say no to whatever that might be. You know, even myself, I have found that in my own schedule where there's some things that I've been doing in the middle of the day, these courses and stuff that I've been like uh, taking up and it's in the middle of my day and it takes me out of my focus. And it it just recently where I had to say, you know, I'm no longer going to do certain things at certain hours. And that's taken a little bit because I have also had that fear of missing out when I'm not following, getting into these courses that are live, right? These live courses and being able to be there live. And it's like, and so there were a few that I was really focusing on, but I come to find out like those were pivotal hours where it's like in the middle of my most productive time during the day. So I've had to make those adjustments and be like, you know, they're going to be recorded. I can watch them later. And to really take ownership of what it is that we want to be influencing us and taking that ownership of our day. You know, it's unfortunate, but instead of like, you know, I think before it was like, okay, what books am I going to read? What things am I going to read? Now it's like, okay, what things am I going to get rid of, (laughs) right? In order to keep me focused on what it is that I want and to know that it's all of us. It's not just any specific person. It's all of us that we're all bombarded with all this information. And it's a matter of being that leader, that self-leadership skills that says, okay, here's what I am going to do. Here's what I'm going to, and, and it even includes getting rid of apps. It includes getting rid of whatever that is that the goal that you have set for yourself and continue to stay focused and to eliminate anything that isn't supportive The O in strong stands for optimize your environment. Everything you do and don't do is about all about the environment in which you live in, where you live, where you work, where you play. Create an environment that is conducive and supportive to whatever your goal is. And so if you're trying to, let's say, lose weight, for example, you're optimizing your environment is not bringing in foods that are not supportive of you and your goal. If your goal is to spend more time with your family, it's whatever, you know, getting rid of the TV if you have to, you know, I mean, whatever it takes for you. And as a leader in making those decisions your environment dictates everything you don't do in your life. And that's why, unfortunately, people, the environment that we live in is going to dictate whether you go out and run at night, right? Whether you go out and enjoy greenery and these sorts of things. So everything you could think of where you work. When I was a health educator, I had a pull-up bar in my office, right? I created my environment to be supportive of my fitness goals. So anytime I was feeling sluggish or anything like that, I'd go and just start doing a bunch of pull-ups, right? That was my environment. I had a little refrigerator that was in my office. My environment that I'm creating, I had, you know, fruits and vegetables and protein and just different things that I can have access to. It wasn't full of soda or, you know, sugary stuff or anything like that. I created my environment, whether it was my office, my home, wherever I was as best as I could to be in an environment that was completely supportive of what I wanted to accomplish in my life. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. Anthony, and for our listeners out there, I know everything that you said, and I love that you talked about your most productive hours because we all as entrepreneurs had the FOMO. And well, Anthony, I'm using this program. Are you? What? Now I'm off squirreling off looking at that. And it's just really important. And whenever I reach out, you know, I re- I met you on LinkedIn, reach out to a lot of people and inevitably I'll get somebody that comes back and says, hey, love what you're doing. But right now for the next six months, I'm all in on this. And I'm like, oh, I love that because it shows me that they are just like, nope, blinders on. I'll get to it later. And I love that you really talked about optimizing your time and creating that because there's a lot we have to let go of. Time sucks. So much stuff out there. And I mean, I just can't wait till we just get off of, and soon I'll be off of social media entirely. I don't need it. I didn't need it 10 years ago. I don't need it now. I'll have another way for people to connect, but it's exhausting. And that gets into the weariness and it takes time and money for me to put that stuff out there. And it's just not my optimized work environment. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So I love it. I love that you really dialed into your most productive time. You spoke a word to me because there's some things I'm like, I'm supposed to be at today. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to feel bad about that. There's other things I need to get done first. Thank you, Anthony. Okay. Last one vision. And I think sometimes when I know when I was little and I was telling you, I grew up with these visionaries and I'm like, (laughs) you know, they have a special frontal lobal cortex. Yes. (laughs) And my dad's like, no, they just see what needs to be done and do it. Because if you don't do it, you're just talking about it. So can you tell me how you really craft your vision? And again, your vision has changed like mine. You've had multiple careers, but share for me what vision means to you and how you get vision clarity. Yeah, you know, that's, I, I love that you bring this up because oftentimes the men that come to me are usually around in their late 30s, early 40s, mostly in their early 40s. And they've had, you know, they've been into their career, perhaps a couple careers, and they're looking um, uh, to make some changes in their life, you know, whether it is to be a, a better husband, a better father, more a better physical example for, you know, a healthier example for their, for their children. And I think our vision, and, and, it, and it goes back to, I think, everything that we've already covered with your vision, that's what's going to allow you, to, what decisions you end up making or what you allow to come into your sphere, if you will. And a vision is what is what you're working towards. A vision is kind of how you see what it is that you're working towards, what you're putting your time into and not allowing anything to come in between that and to be able to stay focused. And I think it's what is it? Motivation where it's, it's just being able to, to fall and get back up and to continue moving forward, right? Being able to continue to have that forward momentum. But I think one of the biggest things, and, and as I mentioned, I work with men, but it really pertains to everybody here on this planet where it's about what it's about creating that vision for yourself. I think so oftentimes we live this life without a vision, You know, we go to work, we come home, whatever that might be, whether you're married, have kids, whatever, you just kind of fall into this pattern, Mm -hmm. but there's really no vision uh, to it. There's really nothing that leads us to make other decisions or make decisions based off of that vision. And I know, and so what is a vision and, you know, how can someone create that? And I think it comes down to what it is that you want in this life. You know, what is it that you want to accomplish? You know, I, one of the things that I help men with is developing that leadership skill, because as you and I both know, you can't be the same leader in the military as the leader in your house. (laughs) Correct. You can't just go and just start telling people what to do. (laughs) You can't. 
Well, you can, but there's going to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can, but (laughs) it's not going to work out long term. So there's those different hats that we wear, right? (laughs) So it's like, okay, you know, it's so interesting, but (laughs) there, there is a difference. But having that vision, allowing yourself to create this idea, this vision of what it is that you want to accomplish in this life. And there's different visions for different areas, whether it's that career and what you want to accomplish what kind of father you want to be, you know, one of the things that I work on with men is developing that leadership muscle, if you will, because if we're not exercising that leadership muscle in the home, and what I mean by that is oftentimes, this is not every time, but oftentimes fathers, men aren't taking the leadership role in planning a day trip, planning a weekend trip. And I mean, planning it from A to Z. Like not saying, you know, just taking that leadership role. And of course, you know, your family, you know what they like, you know, what foods they like to eat. So it's not necessarily being the dictator. It's just saying, hey, honey, I'm planning a special weekend. Hey, you're not worried about it. Don't worry about anything. Here's what we're going to be doing. Have a nice dress to go out for dinner. Hey, this and that. And just taking that leadership role and making that happen at least once a year, right? (laughs) You know, hey, one Friday night on a Monday, tell your wife, hey, on Friday, don't plan anything because I'd like to, you know, for us to go out and dinner. The kids have been taken care of, you know, and when you're not for many men, and, and of course, I've had this from experience in working with men, they don't have that leadership muscle of being able to just say, hey, don't worry about this. I'm planning everything. Just bring some clothes and have the kids ready, you know, Friday, evening, whatever that might be, whatever that looks like for each individual, whether they have kids or not. But I think that's important too. That goes along with the vision. If you want to be a better father, you want to be a better husband, it takes utilizing that leadership muscle to say, hey, you know, my wife's been cooking dinner for the last six months. You know, hey, I'm going to cook, you know, and you know, I don't know if it's going to be the best, just relax tonight and I'm going to do my best. But to do that leadership role in planning that weekend getaway, planning that day trip, and not just kind of putting that onto somebody else where to take that leadership role in your home, in your family, whatever that might mean, it's going to be different for everybody, right? right? But at the same time, not forgetting that you do play a leadership role in your marriage, in your family, and those sorts of things. So allowing yourself to understand that you have that leadership role and having that vision. And then for your life, how you want your career to be, how you want your marriage to be, how you want that relationship with your kids to be. And then also in addition to this, and this is something I work with men all the time is having something for yourself. You know, oftentimes you've got to have something that brings you joy and happiness that's outside of everybody else. I mean, you know, serious, you know, something that's healthy and, you know, whatever that you enjoy. For me, it's martial arts. I train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's something that I will do today. It's something I'll do tomorrow. It doesn't matter if I'm with somebody or not. That's something that I thoroughly enjoy. And it's very important for both people, I think, when somebody is in a relationship, for both of them to have something that's apart from each other that they enjoy. And yes, I think it's important, too, to have something that you both enjoy. Let's say, for example, you both love enjoy hiking, you know, but also for each person to have something where like, hey, that's my getaway. That's my thing that I do. And it's so beneficial for both people involved in the relationship. So whatever that, that's just an example, but I think it's also very important to have that understanding that you also need to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that 
thing that you do enjoy that is is outside doesn't mean you have to do it by yourself, right? Like I train in jujitsu. It's not by myself. You know, somebody might enjoy going to yoga class or playing tennis or whatever that might be for that person or reading or walking, whatever that might be. But something that really does bring joy and fulfillment outside of other people. And it's something that you'll continue to do, whether you're with somebody or not, it's something that really does bring you joy and happiness. And that's kind of like on the personal side, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's so very important to maintain that happiness. And of course, it doesn't mean, you know, the other thing I work on men too, is that you've got to take that ownership of your happiness and joy your joy and happiness and not put it in the hands of another person because no one should ever be responsible for your happiness. It doesn't mean that people don't bring joy and happiness into your life, such as a spouse or kids. And that's great, right? That is true. But also at the time, there's got to be something deep inside that you, just you by yourself, have something that brings you joy and happiness into your life that's just outside of everybody else because you've got to take that ownership and responsibility of your joy and happiness in your hands because we're human. People are going to let you down. Right. And at the same time, no one should ever be responsible for somebody else's happiness, right? Right. It goes the other way around, Right. right? So it's all about that leadership And so that goes back to the vision. It's like, what is it that you want? What is it that you want in your life in these different areas? And I think it's so important to never forget that there are different areas of being a leader and to understand it does take some effort, right? It does take some getting things out, focusing and abandoning things that just aren't going to serve you any shape or form. So mm-hmm. yeah. I love it. And I love that you talked about there's different sections of it. You know, man isn't just leader in professionally bringing home the bacon, you know, yeah. physical, spiritual, financial, health wise, relation wise. And I was thinking of, you know, they always say if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Same could be true if daddy's not happy, no, nobody's happy either. So yeah. let me ask you this, Anthony. And I love that, you know, we really talk about you need to find what does it for you and brings you joy. And they always say that the greatest relationships, strongest marriages are two things. One, there's a lot of some congruence, like they like similar things, similar outlook, maybe faith-based, you know, opposites may attract, but they don't stick together. And number two, that the two people come together and are already complete. So you're not relying on the other person to make you something because nobody can do that. That's something that comes from within. So for men, because being a woman, I think if you'd ask a woman, hey, what would do it for you? Or what would you like more of? They'd be like, well, let me tell you, here's a hundred different things. What's it like for men? How hard is it? I'm sorry, that's a leading question. What <laughs> is it like to unpack for them? How do they get to that? What would bring them more joy in their life? And what is that process? Can you take me through that? Yeah, you know, for all of us, there's going to be different things for different people. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, for me, it's one of the things I love training in jujitsu. And that's for me, right? Like other people would be like, yeah, I have zero interest in any of that, right? Right. You know, but it is something, you know, when I came back from employment, I had been training in jujitsu at this time. And so for me, I had gotten to the point, you know, I want to see if there's some other sport that will complement the movements or whatever in this martial art. And so I took a tennis class. I didn't grow up playing tennis. I didn't grow up seeing tennis. It was just something like, you know, I was going to go outside my comfort zone in a sense, like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do or this is going to even be good for me or whatever. And I took a class and I absolutely loved it. 
Another thing that I've always wanted to do is learn how to salsa dance. So I started taking salsa dancing lessons. I went by myself, right? <laughs> you know, and, and so it's just when you're trying to figure out these things, it's allowing yourself permission to go and do things that you probably never would have thought to do, like okay. to take a salsa class or to, yeah. you know, try a, a martial art or to, you know, I also tried yoga or did yoga. I thoroughly enjoy yoga, but at this time I was, you know, doing everything I could for to help alleviate, you know, the PTSD symptoms and stuff. And so it's like yoga, meditation, these different types of things that, you know, predominantly you're not really, most men aren't going to be like open to doing these sorts of things, you know, but for me, right, it's going to be different for everybody. So that's what I'd like to, you know, to encourage people to do is to see what is it? Is there something that you've ever wanted to try? Is there something that you've ever wanted to, you know, to experience and, and do so? And I think that's what's so important is for people to find out what is something that does bring you you know, that joy and happiness. And and I know like joy and happiness, I guess for me, I guess in trying to explain that a little more, it's what is it that does bring you some sort of um, feel good feelings in a sense, right? And of course, I'm talking about things that are healthy, right? Some people, it might be uh, going to the gym. Mm -hmm. Some people, it might be joining a softball team. Uh, Some other, you know, it's just but it is important to have something that does bring you joy and happiness. And the other, th- the other point that I'd like to make, and I know men struggle with this more, is friendships. You know, I've lost friends throughout the years, you know, just from people going different directions, right? Mm-hmm. And as we get older and as we begin to lose friends, it becomes very difficult. I think women are a bit better at maintaining friendships and maintaining that kind of connection with other women. We're men, we fall short on this. And it's very unfortunate because studies show that our social health is just as important as eating healthy. And that is so important. You know, I've talked to so many men who, you know, they're lonely. They have, you know, very little friends, if any friends at all. And as we get, you know, any kind of friendship, you know, it takes work right? We have to pick up that phone and call the friend, even though maybe he hasn't called you at all. And oftentimes we're like, well, if he doesn't call me, I'm not going to call him. And, you know, everybody's busy, you know, everybody, um, you know, everybody's busy. And so, you know, what I encourage men to do is we've got to work and and be better at maintaining friendships and maintaining that social health. Because I think no matter what, and that could be that thing, of course, you know, do I plan to do jujitsu all my entire life, you know, who knows, you know, I hope I can do it for a very long time. But the one thing that will always stick around is conversation and having connection with people. And that will never go away. We'll be 80, 90 years old. And there's nothing that we would probably want more than to somebody to talk to. Right. And, but we have to work at maintaining those relationships, no matter how busy we are, you know, take that and talk about vision right? Talk about vision and how you want to create your life and having close friendship. Having close friends requires work. It requires getting together, requires having conversations, deep conversations. And those don't just happen overnight. So one of the things that's so important, especially, you know, in the struggles that I see with men is, 
they want to be better fathers. They want to be better husbands, but they just don't have anybody to talk to in, in wanting to get that, achieve that. And so the thing is, is that it's so important for men to understand this for everybody. It's everybody. You know, this whole year of not having interaction with people and, and having to distance ourselves. I mean, we just can't wait to get back to the day where we start hugging people, you know, and start, like, you know, as humans, we thrive in human communication and, and that interaction. I mean, you know, isolation is the worst thing that we can do to ourselves. There are chemicals that are released in our brain when we isolate ourselves that make us more susceptible to anxiety, depression, these sorts of things. We need that human connection. And especially for men, when we have these struggles or have struggles and we isolate ourselves, men are very good at isolating themselves, unfortunately, but it's you know, we've got to continue to maintain close friendships. Close friendships require work. And so I encourage, strongly encourage, you know, everyone to understand that friendship, close friendships don't just happen. Um, they, they happen as, as a result of spending that time together, going through experiences or shared experiences or whatever that might be. So that's a very important thing for all of us. But I know um, in working with men and being a man myself, it's so easy for us to isolate ourselves and try to, you know, man up and battle it ourselves. And, yeah. and it's just, you know, you can only survive so long uh, by no. yourself. And, and right. even the elite, and you and I both know in the military, even the elite of the elite, they are strong when they are together right. and alone they're just like you and I. So, yeah. I love that. And for, for people listening out there, I love that, you know, sometimes we think vision is this thing where we have to go seclude a, like a hermit or a monk on the hill. And <laughs> yeah. it is a collaborative thing too, because people are going to see things in you. You need them as sounding boards. And yes. yeah, that's really important. Excellent. Anthony. Thank you for that. And for sharing the male perspective on that. And that is a great insight because I, I, I think men, once they get outside of work, it's mm. like, where is that band of brothers that you have yeah, to really help you deal with health issues or relationship yeah. issues? And, and you, I have a lot of people say, well, he doesn't really have anybody outside of work. And I'm like, no, 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 this is not good. And yes. I know you're a dude, but no, this is not good for anybody. You know, yeah. it's not right for us. So I love it. All right. Anthony, anything else you've been sharing so many great insights about this, what else about leadership would you like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, you know, in leadership, I mean, to own that, you know, I know your father mentioned, like, it's not the titles that we have of ourselves, right? You know, and, it, but it's understanding that whether you are the leader in your, in a company, the leader in the military, leader in all these things, it doesn't, whether you are or not, you are a leader of yourself. And that is the most important, no matter what it is, uh, whatever title you have in this life, you are first a leader of yourself. Yeah. And it is best to take that ownership and to, oh, yeah. um, and to know that you are um, the leader uh, of your life and to take that ownership and, and be in the driver's seat of your life and realize you know, life is great. I mean, you mentioned you've had three or four careers. I mean, it's so incredible that today that we can have that option of, of doing different things. You know, I felt that I have always, I've, I've had this desire of, of being a coach for, for a very long time. I felt like it was, that, that was going to be something that I was going to do. And, and I know for uh, uh, 15 years ago, I actually started to be, or working towards being a, a life coach. And, and at that time, I just didn't feel like I had anything to give. 
And, and, it, and being a coach, it can be, you know, that, that's a little bit of a, a struggle. You know, at that time, I feel like I probably didn't have enough life experience, education, mm-hmm. background, whatever that might be. Of course, it definitely a lot of lots of change in 15 years and my my views have changed. But just to um, understand that you are a leader of yourself to lead yourself first. And when you right. can lead yourself then you can lead others. Right. And, but it's most important, you know, I often like to take a little bit of the briefing of the airline industry and, it, and to say, you know, you got to put the mask on yourself first. And if this is not about being selfish. Don't get me wrong. It's not about being selfish, right? There are responsibilities that we do have. It's not saying, well, I'm gone, you know, you know when you're married, have kids, like I'm going to start taking care of myself, right? <laughs> you know, Work it out how it may be for, for your situation, but it's not a sense of you starting to be, you know, selfish in a sense. Of course, I think it takes a little bit to say, hey, I'm going to start like doing some things for myself and that should be okay, right? And you should do some things that are, are for you. As I mentioned, you know, having something that does bring right. you fulfillment right? outside of everything else. And so, but just understand that as being a leader, you're a leader of yourself first. And to take that ownership and to create that those that vision of the different areas of your life that you want to improve. Hey, start where you're at. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter where you're at. You have this moment forward. And it's not about what I should have, could have, would have done. It's about taking ownership of this moment right here and creating the kind of future that you want to have. And you start, you know, yeah, there's different areas of your life. Maybe everything is perfect except your financial. You know, mm-hmm. build your financial intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's you know physical, then you know focus on physical health and nutrition. You know, I had a consultation with a man the, the other day, and and he was able to reverse type two diabetes. And I'm like, I'm not sure you need a coach. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you have the discipline, because it is type two diabetes is reversible for everyone who's listening. It is 100 reversible. But there were some other things that he was struggling with, but that's okay. Every, we all can do, we all can improve in different areas uh, of our life. It's just a matter of like, hey, maybe this year you want to focus on being a better father. Maybe this year you want to be focused on being a, a better husband. Or maybe this year you want to take on some other kind of challenge. It's your life. Be that leader, take that leadership role and make it happen. I love it. I love that you talked about, you know, there's that desire. And like you, I want to be a writer ever since I was a little girl. Well, that didn't happen until many, many years later. But I always had the calling, the anointing. But then you got to wait until you're equipped. And the equipping sometimes come. But I love the street smarts things. My dad would tell me that, Tracy, you got to go earn your stripes. And he was never in the military. So I'm like, okay, I'll go into the military, which is (laughs) what they did literally earn stripes. But I love that you talked about, hey, you know, stop trying to change the world. Change yourself. Yes. And that is such a, that's what a beautiful coach statement that everything you have is already within you. It's just getting to work on yourself kind of thing. Yes, live it. Excellent. Nice. All right. Well, Anthony, how can people find out about you? Because I'm sure our listeners would love to connect with you. Maybe some are looking for a tremendous coach and uh, have just been enthralled as I'm sure with what you're saying. How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can reach me and find me on my website at strongmencoaching.com. That's the best way to, to get a hold of me and see, read a little bit more about me and what I do on my website at strongmencoaching.com. 
Okay. Well, excellent. And for the listeners out there, we'll have all his contact information, LinkedIn and all that stuff. So you too can stay in touch with Anthony. Anthony, thank you so much for sharing your perspective and your beautiful testimony to what you've come through and now how you're using your experience to form the, the core excellence and expertise to help others. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And for our listeners out there, if you like what you heard, be sure and hit the ding button or the subscribe button. If you do us the honor of a five-star review, we would be so tremendously thank you. And drop us a note. We answer all the comments in there. Make sure you share this with other people too, wherever you listen to tremendous podcasts. And also make sure you download your free copy of The Price of Leadership. Come on over to TremendousLeadership.com and get two free weeks of eBooks and listen to all, we've got hundreds of interviews with tremendous leaders, just like Anthony. To all our leaders out there, thank you so much for paying the price of leadership. Have a tremendous day. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.TremendousLeadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, Let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.